What would you say you do here? Sports. Sports. All day long. Hello, sports fans. You're listening to CE Sports here on Thunder 91.1 KSUU. Welcome, welcome. Thanks for tuning in here live on Thunder 91.1. Today's slate, more love for the Jazz, a mind-boggling stat, and a disgruntled star quarterback. Well, disgruntled star quarterbacks galore. All right, let's just get right into it. First off, the Utah Jazz dominated last night in a 114-89 win over the Los Angeles Lakers, holding the defending champions to only 89 points is no small feat at all, even if the Lakers are missing Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. Okay, it's not about what the Lakers didn't have. It's about what the Jazz do have. That's what impressed me the most. Donovan Mitchell, he had an off night. He shot only four for, uh, he was four from 16 from the field. Uh, one of those four shots was a powerful dunk. And he ended the night with uh, only 13 points, 8 assists, and 10 rebounds. But this is what makes the Jazz so good. This is why the Jazz have the best record in the league. Against one of the top defensive teams in the NBA, the Jazz had six players score 12 or more points. Gobert had 18, Clarkson had 18, Bogey had 15, Conley had 14, and Favors had 12. Count them, six. Whereas most teams have one or two stars that can put up big numbers on a consistent basis, the Jazz are different. The Jazz have multiple guys who can hurt you. They have multiple players who are a threat to put up, not spectacular, but good numbers. That's what I love about them. And I've said this so many times throughout my show this year. Uh, this is what makes them so fun to watch. They just have such good chemistry. They move the ball so well. They're, they're just fun to watch. It's like there are a bunch of guys out there having fun with each other. That, that really is uh, what I get from watching. And... Um, the other thing I got from last night's game, at least Donovan Mitchell, he's the best type of superstar. Okay. The unselfish kind on a night where he was cold from the floor, four of 16, he found ways to impact the game differently than, uh, just scoring. He finished with eight assists, but just watching the game, I mean, he played well on defense other than that. He was creating looks for other players. He finished with eight assists, but even more than that, just ball movement in general. Mitchell is very, very good at orchestrating the Jazz offense. Everybody knows he's their biggest threat, but he's smart enough to understand that when it's not falling for him, he can still create those looks for his teammates, and that's what I love about Donovan Mitchell. He doesn't care about, you know, you only had 13 points. He doesn't care about that. Give the rock to somebody else. Let them shoot it. As long as they win, that's what matters. Man, I, I just love this Utah team. I love what I'm seeing from them, and I can't wait until the next time that these two teams play. 
Uh, lots of people are going to say they're going to bring up that the Lakers didn't have Anthony Davis or Dennis Schroeder. And admittedly, those are two huge players. But they still had LeBron, and the Jazz still held LeBron to only 19 points. That's huge. The Lakers are now 22 and 11. The Jazz are now 26 and 6. I don't know what else you want to see from the. Okay, I do know what else you want to see. You want to see the Jazz beat the Lakers with Anthony Davis and Dennis Schroeder. You want to see the Jazz beat the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George. You want to see the Jazz beat the Nuggets with Jokic. I strongly believe they can do all of those things. They just beat the Lakers by almost 30 points. 25 points. I can't do the math. Anyways, you know, but it didn't even feel that close. I feel like the Jazz just dominated the whole game. Whoever uh, wanted to score was able to score. Going back to what I was saying earlier about having so many different players that are threats, you know, it's it literally makes it so much easier on you when you can just pass the ball to your teammate knowing that they have the ability to score. You have confidence in your teammates' abilities. That's why you have so many players in double digits. You can score one you can beat one of the best teams in the NBA with nobody having over 20 points. Obviously that says something about your team. Now imagine if those guys had similar numbers but Mitchell had a better night shooting. They could have easily put up 130 against this Lakers team with nothing else changing besides Mitchell shooting better than 25%. Uh, I said on that line, I said, uh, Donovan Mitchell's the best, type, best kind of superstar, the unselfish kind. I put that out on Twitter yesterday. Somebody replied and were like, oh, he's not a superstar. I'd take Bradley Beal over him. Okay. This is what sucks about being a small market. Nobody's going to see Donovan Mitchell as a superstar until he can do something in the playoffs, which I think this is the year that he can. Um, honestly, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, anything less than a Western Conference Finals appearance will be disappointing. But I'm very confident in this team's ability to get that far. I, I love it. I'm so excited for this season for the Jazz. Um Mitchell and Gobert, they're both all-stars again this season. It was announced that, uh, you know, I talked about this on my show the other night. Anthony Davis, he was selected as an all-star, but he has a calf injury. He's not going to be playing. It was announced that Devin Booker will be his replacement. Lots of people wanted Conley, but I saw Booker coming. I mean, Booker's a phenomenal young talent. He's a, a great scorer. He's a good kid. Uh, I knew that he would get the nod over Mike Conley. I, that's not a big surprise. So, I'm glad he made it. Um, overall, I think this All-Star game is going to be exciting. LeBron has said stuff about he doesn't really want to play, but we'll see what happens. Mitchell says he's in the three-point contest, so that'll be fun to watch. Hopefully, they can have a fun All-Star weekend this year because the NFL, their Pro Bowl was very, very disappointing. Coming up, I've got a stat for you that will blow your mind. And after that, how many disgruntled quarterbacks can the NFL handle? Coming up here on CE Sports. Welcome back to CE Sports. I'm your host, as always, Christian Esparza. Here's an interesting bit of stat for you. In the last 50 years, 
only one quarterback has started over 50 games and not thrown a pick six. Any guesses? Going once, going twice. How about this? Mitch Trubisky. Insane, I tell you. Anyways, let's get off to the real news. What to talk about first? Jeez, this is getting exciting. Okay, how about this? Houston Texans quarterback Deshaun Watson officially met with new head coach David Coley last Friday. In this meeting, Watson apparently reiterated that he wants to be traded and he has absolutely no interest in playing in Houston. Now, Houston still hasn't changed their standpoint. According to Tom Pelissero, the Texans are still unwilling to even discuss a trade with other teams. These teams that have called have even gone as far as leaving voicemails with trade offers. I mean, it's ridiculous. He doesn't want to play for them anymore. Let him go. Go get a King's Ransom in return. There is absolutely nothing worth staying in Houston for. They're going into rebuild mode. They don't have any first or second round pick this year. And they let J.J. Watt go. New head coach, David Coley, he, he's been an assistant his entire career, 40-something years in the NFL. He's like 65 or something, never been a head coach. New general manager, Nick Casario, he comes from the Patriots, but, I mean, nobody knows how good he is. I, I don't get it. What could they possibly do or have to change Deshaun Watson's mind? I seriously have no idea. I would like to know. What is in David Coley and Nick Casario's mind and Jack Easterby and Cal McNair and that whole corrupt organization? I wish I could see behind the curtains, look back, look into their brains and see what they think they can do about this situation. Like, like seriously, do you hope that this will turn around? Is that it? Hope? You're betting all of this on hope? I don't get it. You've got at least a third of the league ready to give up whatever it takes. And it will take a lot. Literally, one of the biggest trades ever in league history. Go get it. Quit trying to play hero and go get your picks. The Jets, Dolphins, Panthers, and Broncos all have a top 10 pick and could offer a bridge quarterback in return. Or get this. With Darnold, Tua, and Locke, these guys all have potential, albeit to varying degrees. I know what you're thinking, okay? Yes, Drew Locke. It was reported today on the Pat McAfee show that the Broncos have been receiving calls about Drew Locke. So I, no matter what you think about him, no matter what I think about him, teams are interested. Anyways, going back to the point, the Texans can grab one of these guys take something else besides quarterback this year with their new top 10 pick and bet on the upside of their new quarterback. Worst case scenario with Darnold and Locke is that they flame out. And then the Texans will pick at the top of the draft next year, which is what they'd be doing anyways if Watson sits the season out. Best case scenario is that Sam Darnold or Drew Locke or Tua Tagovailoa play up to their potential and quarterback is no longer a need for the Texans. These are three young guys that could all benefit from a change of scenery. 
So that's something I, I don't know. I felt super excited when I came up with that. That makes sense for me. If I'm the Texans, you know, if you have Deshaun Watson, who has already stated many times he doesn't want to play, he's not going to play this season, why would you not take a flyer with Sam Darnold or Drew Locke or even Tua? Uh, like I said, worst case scenario, they'll pick at the top of the draft next year anyways with their own pick. Plus, they'll have a ton of new picks this year. I was also reading that the Broncos could trade Locke and use that as ammo for a Deshaun Watson trade. I don't think that's a very good option because right now, Drew Locke is pretty much the fallback plan. Uh, after Carson Wentz was traded, it came out that the Broncos were never interested in Carson Wentz. They, they had an offer on the table for Stafford. They're only willing to play for somebody who's significantly better than Drew Locke because, you know, if, if all else fails, Drew Locke is not the worst option at quarterback. I don't know. It's tough. He showed potential the last four games. His Carolina game, he had like 120 passer rating through four touchdowns. It was a great game. In his rookie year, he diced up the Houston Texans. He had some good games. Uh, he finished his rookie year and last year strong. He showed potential. He showed why people like him. The problem is the other 12 games of the season. I mean, Drew Locke was graded 32 or 33 by F Pro Football Focus. There's 32 teams, buddy. <laughs> I don't know. My opinion, Denver needs to do something. We'll see what happens. It's, it's just amazing to me thinking of all the disgruntled quarterbacks in this league. It's, it's crazy. You have Stafford, who was unhappy in Detroit. He got traded. You had Carson Wentz, unhappy in Philadelphia. He got traded. This whole Deshaun Watson deal has been going on close to a month now. It could go on for literally another year. And coming up, I'll be talking about somebody else. Uh, it's my most exciting segment of the day. You won't want to miss it. There's another quarterback that could be traded. Find out here on CE Sports. You're listening to CE Sports live right now on Thunder 91 here at SUU. So I woke up this morning to some pretty incredible news. All right. Apparently, get this. Russell Wilson's camp has met with the Seahawks to discuss a trade. Now, I'll say this right off the bat. According to his agent, Wilson himself has not even requested to be traded. Uh, for some reason, a trade has been discussed, but apparently Wilson does not want to be traded. I went on a rant last week about how he's not going to be traded. I don't think he wants out. I think he wants help. There's a big difference. He wants to play in Seattle. But this is where things get interesting. When his guys met with the Seahawks, it came out that there are only Four teams he would consider, even consider playing for, besides the Seahawks. These teams are the Miami Dolphins, the New York Jets, the New Orleans Saints, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I also saw Bears thrown around on Twitter. I'm not sure how valid that one is. 
Uh, but we'll give it to him. So I guess let's bump it up to five teams. We'll throw the Bears in there with the Raiders, the Saints, the Jets, and the Dolphins. I've also seen Cowboys thrown around too. Uh, I don't know. It's That kind of shows the, I don't want to say validity of this report, but the shakiness. Uh, when it, a player's camp meets and discusses a trade when he doesn't even want to be traded, I don't know what's going on over there. But the bottom line is he has a no-trade clause similar to Deshaun Watson. This means he gets to veto any trade that he doesn't like. So if he's going to get sent somewhere that he doesn't like, he can say no. But look at these teams, okay? The Dolphins almost made the playoffs last year, and they have an interesting young coach and a good defense. The Jets lead the league in salary cap space, and they have a new, young, fresh, exciting head coach, and he's loved by many people around the league. The Saints, they've been contenders for years, and they're looking for a new guy, uh, basically because Drew Brees is going to retire. But the team that caught me off guard is the Raiders, okay? Nothing against the Raiders at all. I, I'm, a, I'm a Broncos fan. I hate the Raiders as a fan base, as a rival, but they're, they're an attractive situation, okay? Uh, imagine, imagine Russell Wilson's deep ball with Henry Ruggs goodness sakes on top of that Darren Waller last year proved he's one of the best tight ends in pro football uh they have a good offensive line Josh Jacobs he's a great running back bruising really really physical guy he's tough John Gruden he's a interesting head coach on paper I mean they look appealing it's an interesting fit for sure but here's why it matters to me, though. Let's say Las Vegas does trade for Russell Wilson. You'd have to think that means Denver and their new general manager, George Payton, would do anything to get Deshaun Watson. Here's why. It's already going to be a handful for the next 10 years, having to play Justin Herbert and Patrick Mahomes each twice a year. Four games probably the best quarterback in football and then a guy who's going to be a top five in here in a couple years throw in another two games of russell wilson i mean shoot all three of those guys are right now top seven quarterbacks at least but imagine this what if denver does get deshaun watson by far that would be the best division in football Mahomes, Herbert, Watson, and Wilson all in the same division? It's probably too good to be true, but a man can dream. Anyways, I, I do think, though, if the Las Vegas Raiders go out and get Russell Wilson, Denver will have to be... Okay, George Payton, in his press conference, introducing him as the Broncos GM, he said he's going to be involved in every trade and he's going to be aggressive but not reckless. If the Las Vegas Raiders go and get Russell Wilson, George Payton is going to have to be borderline reckless and go get Deshaun Watson. There is absolutely no way they can compete without a top 10 quarterback. That, no, no way. No way. So 
I've been pounding my fist on the table for the Broncos to go get Deshaun Watson ever since it was rumored that he wanted to leave. If Russell Wilson goes to the Raiders, I will be throwing the table across the room. I will be yelling and screaming. I, I don't know. It's, it's going to be crazy. As a Broncos fan, I hope that doesn't happen. Uh, as a Russell Wilson fan, I ultimately hope that he can fix things over there in Seattle. And if I'm Seattle, if I'm the owner, if I'm the GM over there, wouldn't you think that they would fire Pete Carroll before they traded away Russell Wilson? I don't know. You never know. So this is what I was talking about earlier. You have so many disgruntled star quarterbacks in this league. It's crazy. It's almost looking like the NBA with how many stars are frustrated and getting what they want. Crazy. Matt Stafford, Carson Wentz, both in the last month. Uh, Russell Wilson's unhappy, apparently. Deshaun Watson's unhappy, apparently. There were rumors about Aaron Rodgers. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. Um, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. I had, I think the list was 14 teams that could potentially have a new starting quarterback next year. Insane. It's insane. Let's end with this news, okay? The Denver Broncos have cut five-time Pro Bowler Jarrell Casey. They traded for the defensive tackle last offseason, giving up a seventh-round pick and taking on his big contract. In this move, in cutting him, Denver will save $11.8 million with no dead money hit. This now gives them the fifth most money to spend this offseason. There's been rumors that the cap's going to be set at $180.5 million. If that is what the cap is set at, Denver will have around $43 million to spend. You've got to think that it translates to extensions for Justin Simmons, Vaughn Miller, and Shelby Harris, plus a little money left over to bring in a new corner or linebacker. I mean, think about it. Justin Simmons is probably going to get about $15 million a year. Von Miller, I'd say around 15 to 16. Shelby Harris, you can give him around, I don't know what a defensive end is worth, maybe seven. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a cap guy. Uh, I don't know the specifics. But I don't see why else Denver would do this unless they are wanting to spend. They had the money. They had the space to take on that cap hit. They could have kept Jarrell Casey. They could have even restructured his contract to save some money. But they straight up just cut him. So, I mean, tell me if I'm wrong. But in my mind, I automatically go to, okay, they're thinking about giving money to other guys. Pat Mack, if he said on his show, uh, he talked about the Broncos today, so I watched it. He had, uh, I believe it was Ian Rappaport on there. I can't remember who exactly. I think it was Ian Rappaport, yeah. He was saying uh, it doesn't make sense to let Von Miller walk if you're the Broncos. You can't get better by letting go of your best player. That makes sense, doesn't it? Uh, most like, So basically, Von Miller has a, a team option for his contract. Denver can pick that up and he'll have an $18 million cap hit this year. Or Denver can decline that option, effectively cutting him and saving another $18 million. So that would be $61 million 
the 43 million plus the extra 18 they'd save from cutting Vaughn. They could do that and go on a frenzy in the offseason. But I think what's more realistic is they renegotiate Vaughn's contract a little bit, especially with this money from uh, cutting Jarrell Casey. They have a little bit of flexibility. They'll say, hey, Vaughn, let's get you an extension. You want to retire as a Bronco. Broncos country loves you. We want you to stay here. Take a couple million dollars less. Stay here a couple more years. Everybody's happy. The market for J.J. Watt reportedly is around 15 to $16 million. I'd have to think that's around the same as what Vaughn is going to get. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, free agency opens here in a couple weeks. I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be crazy. I've said so many times. But bottom line, going back to the Broncos, Vaughn Miller, Shelby Harris, and Justin Simmons. Those are three of the best players on their defense, and I don't see why they would be allowed to walk when they when Denver has the money to bring them back. Uh, I, it doesn't make sense to me, especially uh, Shelby Harris. He, he's a great defensive end. I don't know what else they would do, uh, considering they just cut Jarrell Casey. There's not very many options out there. And this this draft class is pretty weak at defensive line. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That's all for today's show. Thank you for listening. Tune in live every Tuesday and Thursday night from 9 to 10 p.m. Or find me on Anchor and Spotify. This is CE Sports here on Thunder 91.1 KSUU.